Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, we are broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And folks, if you're looking for a bank that is actually interested in talking to you live, they don't work with computer-generated voices and all the AI that a lot of banks want to introduce, that's a Renaissance Bank. That's what I found in, in the work that I do with them on behalf of my clients. They like to deliver their services in a personal way. But here's the thing. They're big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at them. And that's a magic combination. If you'd like to know more, go to renaissancebank.com, find one of their local offices, and give them a call. I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Brandy Wilkins. Brandy is with Defining Point Coaching and Consulting. Brandy, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Delighted to have you. Let's talk about you and how you're serving folks out there. Absolutely. Like John said, my name is Brandy Wilkins. I am a physical therapist by background, but I've been working in healthcare quality for the last almost decade. And I serve people, I, I serve professionals and organizations by helping them improve patient safety and clinical outcomes and essentially making things safer for the patient. So you're a Healthcare quality consultant. Yes. Right? That's what I see in the show notes. So what does that mean? So I reach out to healthcare organizations, whether that's hospitals or rehab hospitals or ambulatory surgery centers, and I work with their leaders Mm -hmm. to improve their processes, um, prevent medical errors, prevent preventable harm, and to make care safer for the patients and the communities that they serve. Brandy, you... I want to get more to that because I know it, it, it goes, there's a lot to that. Okay. Yeah. But let's talk about your background. You, you said you started out as a physical therapist. Why did you get interested in healthcare processes and patient outcomes? All healthcare professionals are interested in patient outcomes, but why specifically the processes that go into that? Yeah, absolutely. So as a physical therapist, I work one-on-one with patients, mm-hmm. right? I kneecap to kneecap as they would say, (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) helping to physically assist patients with their movement and improve how they do things. What I realized, John, was that I, as a physical therapist, I could only impact the patient that I was with at the time Mm. and working in healthcare quality, working as a consultant, I can influence every patient that my clients influence. So I have a much bigger impact, a much bigger scope in a consulting role than I did when I was working one-on-one with patients. And that is what is most meaningful to me. Seeing my clients, when the light bulb turns on, when they learn a new process or they're able to do something different for their patients or when they get their feedback from their patients on how well something went, I take that to heart because I have helped to influence that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So let's widen the, the, the lens out here and just talk about hospitals and some of the challenges that they have when it comes to ensuring patient safety and making sure they're delivering the outcomes that they 
hope to deliver. Absolutely. So healthcare is a highly regulated industry. Mm-hmm. And with all of that regulation, there's more things to do. Compounded on that is staffing shortages. I'm, I'm sure people have already heard about that in the news. That's not something that's new, but has just been, it's gotten bigger since COVID. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people leaving healthcare. And so a lot of organizations are running into, okay, I have all these things that are required of me. How do I do them with the staffing that I have? Mm-hmm. And so part of what I do when I help my clients is to help them to narrow their focus. so They're not focusing on everything at once. And really measuring what, measuring the outcome that they're looking to achieve and figuring out how we can improve the system instead of putting one more thing, one more burden on that person who was frontline with the patient, that nurse or that therapist or that physician who was working directly with the patient. And for them, it feels like it's one more thing. Mm. So how can we take that off of them and fix the system so that we're not relying on human memory? Right. That's how the airlines have gotten to be so good at what they're doing. They have checklists and they have processes and they have hard stops in place to make sure that we're safe when we're in the air. And it's the same thing that we want to do in healthcare. Yeah. So let's give a real life example, uh, if you would, whether that's in physical therapy or some other aspect of, of clinical care that goes on in hospitals. Maybe you can talk about what. A, a, a common problem that occurs, right, because of lack of processes. So one example is medication administration, right? So you have, let's say, a narcotic that you're that a patient needs for pain, mm-hmm. and you're going to you're the nurse is going to give that patient that pain medication. In order to do that, nurse has to verify the order to make sure it's the right medication for the right patient. He or she has to go to get that medication from wherever it's stored in the medication room. They have to make sure that they dispense the right amount Mm -hmm. of that medication. Then they take that medication to the patient. They scan the medication. They scan the patient to make sure, again, that this patient is getting the right medication. And then they administer it to the patient. Mm. In there, there's a lot of series of steps of things that could go wrong. So if they go to get the medication out of the medication room and the wrong drawer opens... And they take the medication out and don't double check that as an example, then they can inadvertently give the wrong medication to the wrong patient. Mm -hmm. Or if the medication, and that's why there's another check once it gets to the patient at the bedside to scan the medication and scan the patient to make sure that patient gets the right medication. So in, in healthcare, there are a lot of systems, a lot of steps designed to stop the process if it's going the wrong way. So in this, I assume, is heavily technology-based. It is. A lot of it is we want it to be because there, there is some safety with the right technology. Right. And that's just one, one example is the scanning of the medication. Another example is what healthcare calls predictive analytics. So you enter information into the medical record about their heart rate, the blood pressure, all these things about the patient and how the patient is doing that day or over that series of days. And the computer can spit back out to you, the clinician, the person who's working with the patient, what test to run on the patient, how high, what the risk is for that patient to fall based on all these, all this data that's in there. What's the likely that they'll have an adverse reaction to the specific medication that you're given. There is some huge value in technology, 
but it doesn't replace the clinical judgment that's required from the professional. Yeah, and technology is not the magic elixir here, (laughs) right? As you point out, technology is helpful, but it can only take you so far. And I guess there's the old garbage in, garbage out. There's uh, healthcare providers misapplying the technology, that kind of thing. But what's the state of affairs with the hospital industry generally when it comes to uh, implementing some of these tech? technological tools that can help them with their processes? So healthcare can be slow depending on the organization to implement processes because they want to make sure that they're evidence-based, that they've seen results from them, from their research, uh, because a lot is at stake. We're talking about people's lives. Mm -hmm. And a lot of organizations don't want to implement something prematurely. Uh, But I think in general, healthcare organizations are moving towards more technology that will help because again, there's staffing shortages. You need something to support the lack of or the decrease in the number of people that's mm-hmm. there. Right. Technology should certainly be a support to the system to really help with some of this. Folks, we're chatting with uh, Brandy Wilkins. Brandy is the owner, uh, chief consultant for Defining Point Coaching and Consulting. So is technology the sole answer, I'm setting you up for that. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a softball, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It is not the sole answer. Um, you need the, you still need the clinical judgment of the person that's working face to face with that patient because technology can inadvertently introduce bias into the algorithm mm-hmm. and um, spit back out something that is not the best for that particular patient population or that particular demographic. So you definitely need someone who's able to think through that. Um, but you also need people to help and you need support in improving processes, right? You can't, when you're inside of it, it's like you can't see the forest for the trees, as people say. Right. So you sometimes you need external support to help you to see what you can't see when you're working with this data or when you're working with this set of patients all the time. What's the receptivity of you find of medical professionals inside a hospital to that outside third party view. <laughs> I'm de- sure it varies, right? <laughs> it depends. Yes. Yeah. So if, if it's a regulatory body, we're coming in to survey you. Oh, <laughs> then there's the run for the bathroom, right? Yeah. <laughs> or the run for the hills. Yep. But when someone like me comes in to be a part of their team mm-hmm. to really help and to, I'm not evaluating you from, and I have been in that role before where I've been a surveyor and, I worked for an organization where I was the person that the company paid my organization to come into their hospital. But working on a consultation basis like I do now, I'm on their side. Mm. I'm here to help them. I'm here to support the work that they do. I'm here to give them more ideas. I'm here to help them actually see the results that they want to see in a non-threatening way. Because my report that I leave with them is not going to an external body. It's not going to the public. And so they have an opportunity to improve something um, in a safe way. Is That's a great point. Is that something that, that they're eventually required to release or that always stays private? That always stays private. That gives people an incentive to really do something, right? Absolutely. That's impactful because you can, there's truth telling, right? And, 
facts are friendly and there's only, when you get the real facts and the truth, you're able to really address, substantively address problems. Absolutely. And when people feel comfortable sharing, mm-hmm. like you were saying, then we can make bigger progress when they're not afraid of if I say something, it's going to affect my business and it's going to affect um, potentially my pay. Mm-hmm. Right. Or yeah. It's going to affect my reputation in the community mm-hmm. and people feel safer to have those conversations and to know that someone's on their side. Yeah, for sure. So uh, you mentioned medication administration. What are some other areas with, in which better processes come in, come into play as a way to significantly improve patient safety and outcomes? Yeah. So fall prevention, mm-hmm. preventing patient falls, because being in the hospital is just a risk for patients to fall and mm-hmm. to injure themselves. Preventing hospital acquired wounds. So the patient comes in and their skin is perfect, maybe a little fragile, and they leave with a wound. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a process. Falls, medication errors, everything. I mean, you can have something as simple as, or not as simple, but how do you prevent a hospital-acquired infection? How do you prevent mm-hmm. pneumonia, mm-hmm. right, when the person is there? How do you prevent someone from getting um, the flu at the hospital? They came in without the flu. They leave with the flu. And so all of those require processes and steps. Yeah. Wow, a lot there. So what's at stake here, Brandy, in terms of the, I guess, a couple of things. One is the scope of the problem and how it impacts um, however you measure the reputation of the hospital, right? And then the hospital's bottom line. What's the impact of some of these issues there on both reputation and bottom line? What's at stake is really the patient's life. And when you work with the com- your community and your patients at the grocery store or at the bank mm-hmm. or in your neighborhood, that's really at st- what's at stake. Mm. And when hospitals take that initiative to improve their processes, patients are going to refer other people to mm-hmm. them, right? Because not every patient that comes to the hospital is coming in an emergent fashion. Some are coming for surgery and they choose where they go for care. And then it does affect the data, the outcomes that is publicly reported. Mm. Because even though the reports that I do are protected and not reported, the outcomes of that visit will are going to be publicly reported. And so if they, the hospitals, the, the healthcare systems improve their processes, then they're going to improve what, what is externally reported. We're here speaking with Brandy Wilkins. Brandy is the owner and chief consultant of Defining Point Coaching and Consulting. So, Let's talk about how you work. You hospital contacts you. They want to talk. They want to talk about their issues and how you can help. How does that conversation unfold? So we talk through what their needs are. So maybe they want to improve their processes and we focus on a process or an outcome at a time. Or maybe they have a survey that's coming up that they want to prepare for. So I'm not the surveyor, but I can do a mock survey for them Mm. so that they can be ready. Their teams can be ready. They know how to talk to a surveyor because I've been a surveyor. Mm -hmm. Maybe they want to look at 
moving into a specialty program and I can help them walk through that process. So we have a conversation about what it is that they need, what they're looking for, and we come up with a package together that's going to work for them and the length of time that they want to work with someone and what their desired outcome is. Yeah, that that uh, that makes a lot of sense. Now, you, you were at Northside Hospital for a long time. I was, yes. Yeah, and talk about that experience, not specifically, but just the frame of reference that gives you when you have that initial conversation with a hospital because you've been inside you've seen what what happens behind the curtain as it as it were the perspective that gives you to be able to bring to the engagements that you work on yeah so i've worked frontline so i've seen what it is to be the clinician to to work directly with the patients and their families i've also worked with middle leaders um, and hospital executives and how to streamline processes across the system Mm -hmm. to make sure that patients can expect the same level of care, regardless of which hospital in the system they go to, Mm. which is important, right? If you're building a brand as a hospital system. Sure. So being on the inside and being able to see not just from theory, how things work, but the reality of the challenges that hospitals face, not just at Northside, but I've worked at academic medical centers and other types of hospitals, rehab hospitals as well. And it's not just working from theory. It is a experiential knowledge (laughs) front hand. Yeah. That I'm sure the folks that you work with appreciate that as well. Um, where do these changes fit in the panoply of all the concerns that a hospital administrator has, which are myriad, right? We've only got a 30-minute show. We couldn't go through all of them, right? right. Where, where does it sit? And I guess what? how do you impress upon those that you speak with the relative importance of getting their processes right and, and to create the outcomes you're talking about? Yeah, the more proactive and preventive the hospital system is, the more that it will affect the bottom line, which is what the CFO or the CEO is looking at, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, they want to help patients, but they have to pay people too. <laughs> hospital workers don't want to work for free. Sure. And they have a, a a business perspective that they have to legitimately be concerned about. Mm-hmm. And taking a proactive versus a reactive something has happened there's been an adverse outcome approach, um, builds trust, it builds um, referrals, mm-hmm. and then ultimately it does affect savings for the hospital. Yeah, it, it's, as you said it earlier, uh, the life and welfare of the patient is the most important thing. However, if you don't have profit, you don't have the ability to pay the your employees and you don't have capital to reinvest in the business because that's a business that requires continual reinvestment of, of profit, correct? Absolutely. We were just talking about technology mm-hmm. earlier. Yep. You can't afford this expensive technology if you don't have the capital to do that. You can't afford to give raises to your employees to keep them. Mm-hmm. You can't afford to get 
that specialist physician, mm-hmm. right? You can't afford to keep the lights on. Just <laughs> right. so let's keep the building running, the bricks up and the lights on. Yeah. And there is a business perspective to that, that even in not-for-profit hospitals, they still have to consider that because there's bills they have to pay. Mm-hmm. What what do what does a hospital administrator, a healthcare professional, what do they need to know before they get in touch with you? In other words, do they have to have a, an identify an identified problem that they see, or can you come in and pardon the pun diagnose? Either or. Yeah. It if they already know that there is a problem, and they know these are our top ten problems, we don't know which to tackle first. Mm-hmm. Then absolutely, I can help with them with that. If they say, we just feel like something's wrong, but we can't put our finger on what the true issue is, then I can come in and help them, help them with that. Brandy, you mentioned that hospitals are a uh, key, they're key clients for you. What other healthcare organizations are good fits for you and your practice? Right. So when we say hospitals, those are acute care hospitals like your Northsides and your uh, Wellstars and, mm-hmm. and those kind of hospitals, Emory's rehab hospitals um, and ambulatory surgery center. So if you're a patient and you want to have an outpatient procedure where you're not actually in the hospital, because some people feel, oh, okay, I'm going to go in the hospital. Something bad is going to happen. Let me save money <laughs> and right. go to an ambulatory surgery center. And they are regulated a little bit differently mm-hmm. than the big hospitals. And so I work with those those organizations as well. So typically acute care hospitals, rehab hospitals, and ambulatory surgery centers. And uh, what's your geographic spread on where you're willing to work? I can work virtually if they need help with their electronic medical record, they can give me access to that virtually. So there's some things that I can do without being directly on site. But in terms of coming on site, I can do that nationwide. Mm. There is no, I say nationwide, in the United States. In the <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Okay. I have not branched out in internationally. Con- okay, in the continental United in States. In the continental United States. Okay. Now, if someone wants to bring me to Hawaii, I'll be glad to take a trip there. I'm with you on that. Cool. I would love it if you could share, I'm sure our listeners would love it as well, if you could share a success story, one that helps illustrate uh, the, the terrific work that you do. Absolutely. So I worked with one um, hospital system who was having a high fall rate. So a lot of their patients were falling and some were getting injured. And I worked with this um, hospital to help reduce their fall rate by about 12% in six months, which not only reduced the number of falls, but also reduced the number of patients that were getting injured. Mm. And so obviously that's a win for the staff, right? The staff right. don't want their, their patients to fall any more than the patients or their families do, mm-hmm. but also help to build trust with the patients and their families that their family member or they were going to be safe when they came to this hospital. Yeah. Wow. Terrific work. Brandy Wilkins, folks, defining point coaching and consulting. Brandy, this has been terrific. I can't imagine there aren't some folks upon hearing this interview that they wouldn't want to be in touch and learn more about what you have to offer their organization. So let's give them directions. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to hear from you and see how I can help. 
You can reach me on my website and sign up for a consultation. That website is definingpointcc.com. So D-E-F-I-N-G-P-O-I-N-T-C-C.com. Brandy Wilkins with Defining Point Coaching and Consulting. Brandy, thanks again for coming in. We're delighted we could share your work and honor it and uh, shine a spotlight on it. So keep up the good work. Thank you for having me. A pleasure. And folks, just a, a, a quick reminder that I have a book out. It's called The Generosity Mindset, A Journey to Business Success by Raising Your Confidence, Your Value, and Your Prices. That book is available on Amazon and coming up in other book establishments as well as we record this show here, 1st of December, 2023. You'll be able to find it really wherever books are sold. And But if you want more information, you can go to thegenerositymindset.com. If you're a professional services provider who needs help with your pricing or business development, this may be a book for you. And I want to thank you, our listener. You have been so generous with us, speaking of that word. You've been generous with our guests, too. What you've done is shared the show when you've heard of guests that where you you think, hey, I, I need to connect this person I know and let them know about uh, this particular guest because they can help them in their business. Please continue to do that. If you've heard something here today that makes you think you want to share the show, please do that. And for any of our business leaders, Brandy, we've had some 1,100 guests on this show, and we're here to highlight them, celebrate them, and to aid them in their journey to success. Please help us help them and help us be the voice of business in the North Fulton region. So for my guest, Brandy Wilkins, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.